0: Hello and welcome to episode 173 of the Batflip Crazy podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, Toby. Today is edition number 77 of Bubba and the Batflip, and our last podcast. That's right, our last podcast before the regular season, a full 162 game season starts um, on Thursday. I don't know about all of you listeners. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're a fan of baseball. Uh, but I'm really excited uh, to get a full season in here. Um, still a couple drafts to go, um, but about to be wrapped up with draft season. And then, then it becomes the grind, right? It becomes uh, the grind of, of fab and, and monitoring those box scores every day and following those skills, which is one of the parts of the game that I love the most. So thanks, everybody, for sticking with us throughout this off season. I hope uh, the content has been valuable to you. Um, As always, you can follow me on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. You can follow Bubba on Twitter at BDNtrek. Let's get this party started.
1: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the BatFlip, episode 77. It is the final episode before we have real baseball. Uh, I have one draft that'll be done anytime because it's the slowest, slow draft on the face of the planet. And my, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bediantric, by the way. And my co-host on Twitter at Bath of Crazy, I think has one, maybe two. You never know with him. He might throw seven drafts in there still. He's got time. There's time. You can find <laughs> him on Twitter at Bath of Crazy. Toby, how are we doing, man?
0: We're doing well, Bubba. I've got two more drafts. Okay. I've got two more drafts. Uh, I've got a, a main tomorrow night. And then I've also I signed up for an OC in the afternoon. I, I I had two OCs. I just felt like I just <laughs> needed the third one. I did the other OCs like three or four weeks ago and I really wasn't prepared. It was just like to get the feeling going. Yep. And now I feel like I know the player pool a little bit better. I have a better Especially sense for the of how i my, my team. So yeah,
1: twelve team gets different. It's way yeah, different. Yeah, it gets cause frisky. Frisky cause you can wait, twelve teamers. You can wait on things and you can still feel good about life unlike a fifteen. I know. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's yeah, actually just a,
0: just designed to boost my self esteem. Um, Doing the 12, finish, I'm just going to show the, the highs. Be like, the high up,
1: self-esteem. Yep, finish high. That's uh, yeah. that's the biggest thing. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I I did my last live, I guess quote unquote live draft. I did a a daytime satellite today, and um, I told Derek on Sunday. I said, Hey, can you throw like a daytime one in there this week? I, I guarantee I'll fill it up for you. And he uh-huh. threw it out there. I was like, I'm always need to scratch the itch one more time. Like, just give me something because the evenings are unbusy. And I was more of a FOMO draft as I was going. I'm like, I'm gonna take this guy because I don't have him yet. And I don't. It's not like a I don't like the guy, but I'm like, let's see how this fits the roster. And we started doing some things. So we'll see how the team goes. But there's one that I, I'm really scared about because I've talked so much trash about him. But it was like the eighth round, and I got a share of Jordan Alvarez in the eighth round.
0: Mm. And I'm
1: like, I'm like at that point, I'll take the chance that he can do it. But. I'm not. I'm not in love with it. I'll tell you that much. But it's. Uh, it's like I said, FOMO draft. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I'm not. It's <laughs> not the greatest feeling. But uh, yeah. tonight, that's. Tonight,
0: that's. Yeah. How, it's. It's interesting. It's an interesting balance, though. Like that fear of missing out is real. You know, yep. like you go into a draft and you're just kind of like, if it's your last draft of the season, that's how you, you. don't want it to come into play, but you're like, I want this player. If you don't have any shares, you're yeah. just like,
1: that's what I it was. want
0: to have this player on my team.
1: Like, I had my cue, and then, like, one time I was going around, like, oh, I don't have a Shet share, and I don't like him here, but if he goes off, he's going to be a great player this year. So, okay, let's see what happens. Then someone took him, like, two picks earlier to help me there. Mm-hmm. And just little things like that, but, like, Jordan and a couple others fell, and I'm like, okay, let's see how this goes. We'll dance. Let's see what <laughs> happens. But um, it's going to be fun. And it was cool. I guess the I guess the one takeaway, and you're going to see it in yours, and you probably already saw it in some, but... With like the recent news over the last four or five days and rosters getting finalized, seeing where the ADP shifts changed for some players was pretty intense. So that was oh, yeah. that was that was very interesting to see take place. But um, yeah, we'll yeah, wait and, and it's see on and that. so um,
0: the market is so sensitive.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, very much.
0: Um, whether it's injuries or news. I mean, tomorrow is going to be interesting. It seems like today was actually kind of a slow news day. Yeah, you know, like there wasn't any major injuries, no major announcements. Maybe some starting pitcher shifting, and that's going to cause some problems for people who have already drafted as well. I know there's a bunch of guys who were scheduled to pitch first week, and now they're no longer scheduled to pitch first week, which you know can be dicey when you're trying to fit fill in those nine nine pitcher slots. So yeah, it's it's going to be it's it's fascinating to watch this ADP shift. yeah, we'll see. We'll see whether the market's right or not.
1: We will see what happens, but until then, we'll have lots to talk about next week, probably. We'll have about a week of baseball on the books, but uh, tonight we'll do bold predictions. We're going to do five each, and then we have some listener bold predictions. We'll give our thoughts on those as well, so it'll be uh, an interesting, just kind of fun. The season's over. We put in a lot of uh, a lot of content to get you ready for drafts, so I think you're pretty much where you need to be. Um, so, Toby, what is your first bold prediction?
0: All right. Well, for those who have listened to the podcast, it will be no surprise that I have a strong affinity for Justin Upton this year. Uh, Big fan of him. Probably my most, the player that I have the the most shares of like non pitcher. I actually think he might just be overall the guy that I have the most shares of. Um, I just really love what he did towards the end of last year. The playing time landscape in the outfield there has shifted as well, where he's got clear full playing time. He's hitting fifth behind just, um, you know, I mean, really like, could you get in a better fifth spot than hitting behind Trout, Arenado, Otani? Yeah, Um, That's just fantastic. So he's in a really good context. He seems to have health on his side. He was mashing during spring. Not that this factors into it. I've drafted him a bunch, you know, even before that. Um, So my bold prediction for Justin Upton, he's currently outfielder number 69 going in drafts. I am going to predict that Justin Upton, I'm not sure where this puts him within the outfielders, but I'm going to say he's going to hit 250, which is much higher than his projection, which is like 229. He's going to hit 30 home runs, which is eight home runs above his projection currently. And I think the kicker for me, and this is something that we forget that Justin Upton used to be able to do, is steal bases. And I'm going to go with 10 stolen bases this year. He stole two bases during spring, which tells me the man is, I'm going to use, the man is frisky right now. He's ready. (laughs) He's nimble. You don't oftentimes think of Justin Upton as nimble, but he is nimble. So I think he's going to finish at 250 with 30 home runs and 10 stolen bases, which from your outfielder about 70, you know, I think that gets him in maybe the outfielder 30 conversation. So I think that's about where he'll finish, but I think he's going to be a huge boon for teams that stepped up to the plate and drafted him this year.
1: Yep. I love it. I have him a lot of places. I actually took him today in that draft we're talking about. So I'm a big fan of his, and he's not even one of my technically starting outfielders. He's just sitting there because, yeah, fun times. So I'm with you there. I, I like Upton quite a bit. Uh, my first one, and I'm going to do a shameless plug. If I did a 10-pack roto baller for bold prediction, so I'm giving you five of them here. So if you want them all, go check that out. But um, my first one I'm going to talk about, we mentioned him in the Shares uh, podcast last week. I've talked about him a ton. Marcus Stroman, who, let me uh, be a professional here and tell you where he's going in NFBC right now, and at the pitching position, he's the 58th pitcher. I am not dissecting how many relievers are there. At pick <laughs> 160, the 58th reliever. Let's just say the 45th starting pitcher. I'm just going to throw a guess out there. I got Marcus Stroman finishing as a top 20 fantasy starting pitcher this year. So wow. I am uh, I am very very big on Marcus Stroman. I've I've planted my flag on Marcus Stroman. I think I have him in like by 75 percent of my leagues this year. I love everything about the guy. I, I really think if he didn't take last season off, he's at least like a, being drafted in the 30 to 35 range like he used to be. Heavy ground ball guy. The defense has improved behind him with Lindor and company. Um, the strikeout rates improved when he came over to the National League to the Mets. There's no DH to worry about, which is going to be nice. He's developed that new split change. which has been absolutely filthy this spring. And I said it before, and people kind of laugh because you can't find it on Savant or anything. But the dude's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's wanting to prove people wrong this year. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, he, I, I referenced his World Baseball Classic performance. I was on TV the other night, and I just watched it. And the dude's a bulldog. Like, it's crazy. When he gets mad, he's just out there, and he's like – don't. he had like a no-no going through six in the World Baseball Cla- Classic Championship. So I'm not saying he's going to do that, but top 20 SP Marcus Stroman this year. And I hope so because my teams will love that.
0: Huh. Well, I think that's a great shout because – If he improves, like he's already there on the ratios pretty much, Mm -hmm. but if he improves that strikeout rate, like you mentioned, and there's reason to believe he can because the NL, as you mentioned, and that new new pitch of his, um, you know, that's going to help the whip already. You know, fewer balls in play, help the ratios a little bit more. So I think that's a a fantastic prediction. I I don't think I've drafted him at all, Bubba, because I have other players I like going in that range, but maybe in my fear of missing out draft. (laughs) <laughs> which I have tomorrow night. I will, I will
1: right. Ar- it goes like around one ninety to 200. So yeah. just keep that in mind. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. All right. I've got my, 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 my eye on it.
1: There you go. What's your number two?
0: Number two. I actually have a number of outfield. There's a lot of uh, outfielders that I really like a lot this year. Um, so the next one for me is going to be Ramon Laureano, um, who has been a favorite of mine throughout the season. You know, as I mentioned before, I think he's just, uh, kind of fallen victim to the shortened season uh or the short season last year and the way that underlying skills can really be um you know they can be muddied by the by the performance that we see so he improved across the board in terms of quality of contact um, in terms of his plate skills as well everything was better but the results were worse and it seemed like he was just starting to warm up he had a few home runs those last couple weeks of the season, he really seemed like he was starting to get going um, before he um, you know, before the season ended. And so injuries are always an issue with him as well. You know, just because of the way he plays, he plays out all out all the time, but this is the year he's going to be healthy for a full season. We've seen in the two other seasons before 2020, he hit 288 in both of those seasons. So the batting average can be there. So my bold prediction is that uh, Ramon Laureano Currently outfielder 34 will be a top 15 outfielder hitting above 280 with 30 home runs and 15 stolen bases. So a 30-15 season for Laureano with a batting average above 280, Projection right now is like 248 for the batting average. Home run projection is 24, and stolen base projection is 12. So that's what I'm going with. And something okay. you'll notice, I don't like to make. I don't like to make outlandish, bold predictions. I'll be I here like for that. Make, don't worry,
1: I'll be here. I for like that. to make
0: incremental <laughs> bold predictions. I like hey. to make within reason bold predictions. So that probably isn't as fun, but. That's what I'm – that's, like, if Laureano does that, then then it'll be beautiful.
1: Well, yeah, and, and your predictions, if they do what they're going to do, they're going to win you fantasy leagues because you don't need them to go – like, obviously, if the dude went 40-25, it's going to be amazing. But just a little bump, if he does that, like three other guys do that, you're going to be fine. Like, you're not shooting for the moon. You're shooting for, like, a handful of your team to in- improve, and then you're going to be golden. So that's, a, that's one way to look at it because, you know, some guys talk about, well, I want this guy to be, you know, the next best thing. That's cool. He could be, but let's be realistic, like you said. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm with you. And most of mine are kind of boring, but I have one that I'm going to throw here. I should have probably saved this one for the end because I have gotten a lot of flack for this one, but we are, we are standing ground. I'm here, here. to
0: support you afterwards. <laughs>
1: well, we'll see. Um, we're standing ground here, but I have Victor Robles outperforms Luis Robert this season. Wow. From a fantasy perspective, let's remember that, people. So, like, if you went to the Player Raider at the end of the year from Rasbo, mm-hmm. Victor Robles will finish ahead of Lubob. And the biggest thing for me, and I'm buying into it, and maybe I get screwed on this one eventually, if Victor Robles leads off this season, you know, the projection sites have him for 17, like, 15 to 17 homers, 25-ish stolen bases. Well, back in 2019, he had 17 homers, stole 28, and uh, hit 255, only scored 86 runs. If he leads off, he's going well over 100 runs in that lineup. Because I, one of my bold predictions we will not talk about involves Juan Soto. So go check that one out. But mm-hmm. if Juan Soto does what I think he's going to do, um, Robo scores well over 100 runs. I think if he's leading off, he steals over 35 bases, if not 40. Like him and Trey Turner might combine for 80 to 90 steals. Like, agreed, really realistically, it could happen. So I think between the the run totals, the stolen base totals. And if he hits for 250 to 260, which he's pretty much done most of his career in the minor leagues, his OBP's actually been pretty strong, much better than Lou Bob, who likes to swing and miss a ton. He's not hitting towards the top of the order like we hoped he would. Uh, with Eloy outs moving him up to fifth, potentially, which could help him a little bit. But at one point when I wrote this article, he was projected to hit like sixth or seventh, which was a really drain on his fantasy production. So I'm going with Victor Robles, outperforms Luis Robert. And a lot of people think I'm absolutely insane with mm-hmm. this one, which I understand but give me Victor who is actually, let me check. I have their pages up right now. Victor is going to be 24 in May and Lou Bob is going to be 24 in August. So they're basically the same age. age. One's got a lot more experience in the major leagues. So give me Victor Robles outperforming Lou Bob.
0: Mm, interesting. I can definitely see how it could happen because I think Robles, I mean, projection wise, I think, uh, Robert's got him. Uh, Robert. Robert's projected for a higher batting average, but I can't quite get behind the two fifty one um, at this point in time. So, and you could see where Robles, you know, maybe he bumps that up to two fifty two sixty. Uh, Robert hits the back end of that batting average projection, which you mentioned is going to hurt his OBP, which is already bad. So the stolen bases bases don't happen as frequently. You know, Lou Bob uh, or Robert could could hit. Um, you know, 25 home runs, but Robos could easily hit 20 as well. So okay. I can definitely see how it happens. And then more runs for sure at the top of that lineup. So. I,
1: at, at worst, it's going to be a lot closer than people think, especially if people drafting yeah. at
0: 32 and 82 right now. So yeah. it'll be a lot closer by the end of the season. Yeah, Robos is moving up, moving up fast. Yep. Um, he's definitely somebody who, you know, in some of my drafts was going early fifth round um, in some of the main events that I was in. So, um, Need for speed, yes, um, sir. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to interrupt the out the. Um, well, you already did Strowman. I guess I'll interrupt my own uh, pitcher because I, I ha- or hitter bold predictions. I have um, I have five bold predictions. Four of them are hitters. So right in the middle, I'm going to kind of squeeze in here. So my bold prediction is that Drew Smiley who right now is SP, so starting pitcher, 64 is a top 30 starting pitcher this year. The reasons I believe this, while it was a small sample size last year, the thing that I always look for with dramatic changes in pitcher performance are reasons why. Why, why did Drew Smiley have a 17% swinging strike rate over his last four starts? Why would this happen all of a sudden, just boom? Well, his velocity increased dramatically. So his velocity from the left side, uh, he was sitting like 93 at the end of last year. So about, up, about two miles per hour, maybe even a little bit higher than that. That velocity seems to. Now, I don't know if he's pitched to the StatCast Park, but what I have heard is that he's sitting about 93 so far. His challenge will be volume. I agree with people. He could be more efficient. However, he has that. He's got the filthy curveball that he throws. His seam is highly effective. And so I think you're going to get a 3.5 ERA or lower. I think you're going to get a, 1-2, a 1.2 whip or lower. And I think you're going to get about 10 strikeouts per nine, which will make him an incredibly valuable fantasy producer. And he's on the Braves, who have a fairly solid bullpen, a very good offense. So I think he could be helped out with the wins. So Drew Smiley is going to be my one starting pitcher bold prediction for the show tonight.
1: I'm glad you did it because this is your guy. You went to bat for him, so you had to have the prediction. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We talked about it before. You nailed the My only concern with him is innings. If he can do the innings, we're in. But I, I, have, I, you believe it much more than I do. So we'll see. But, hey, he looked good in his last spring outing. So we'll see what happens. We will see. Very, very,
0: very possible. Uh, And Justin Mason over there, we're weighing in with the shocking for the bold prediction. And now Justin Mason is doing a little reconnaissance here. Yes. In the bold predictions because Justin and I are going.
1: I heard there's a draft, right?
0: To head tomorrow. Main event. Justin at pick eight. Me at pick 11. It's on.
1: Man, you got a lot of later picks this year. You got uh, the, the 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 KDS did not like you. You, like,
0: you know, it's weird in 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 draft champions leagues. I got a lot of late KDS. Yeah. Um. In in my drafts net na- this year, I, I got like all. I didn't get any at the very top, but I got all between like three and nine. <laughs> um. And then I have this eleven like hanging out here. So I have no idea what I'm doing, honestly. Like just, like Giulio. I have no idea what that side of the draft looks like. I'm just. <laughs>
1: Lucas Gilito, just do it. You'll be happy later. Yeah. Um, it's a little early, but it's good. My third bold prediction, and when again, when I wrote this, they were much farther apart in ADP. But um, I have Nick L quote unquote, will be the new Trent Grisham come draft season next year. Uh, the guy that everyone was in love with because he's hitting towards the top of an order and he hits, you know, potentially 20 homers and 20 steals and blah 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 blah. That's why everybody liked uh, Trent Grisham, and Trent Grisham's good. Don't get me wrong, but. Right now, his ADP is 89. Nick Senzel 146. When I wrote this, it was 70 and like two something. So it was a much bigger gap. So it was, seemed more bold. But literally, both these guys, projection wise, you got Sinzel, you know, 17 to 19 homers, 17 of stolen bases hitting 250 or so. Grisham's 20 and 15 hitting 250. So in reality, we're like literally kind of weighing things side by side. Senzel's, it's never been a question of his production, it's been more of a question about. Can he stay healthy? And you know that's always been the thing. We we haven't seen the spring. He's hitting the slide out of the baseball when he's when he's been out there. So if he can play every day in center field, I think he plays 140 games. Let's not even say every day. me 140 games in Nixon Zell? He's 2020 for me. And in that, especially in that ballpark, that offense should still be pretty decent. Um, they haven't really. I haven't seen them peg where they're actually going to put him. If They put him to like second or third. I'd be pumped, but I'm guessing like sixth will be where he's at. But uh, I still think that leads a lot of RBI production, a lot of power. And he's going to be able to run because he's got no one behind us. They're going to have to produce runs that way because all the big boys are in front of him. So I got Sinzel outperforming Grisham. Plus, Grisham's got that hamstring. So I'm just going to say it's going to limit Mm -hmm. some things. Lingering injury. Just think about it. So Sinzel, this time next year, Sinzel will be the new Trent Grisham that everyone wants to take. You know, late round two, early round three because of the massive upside. So give me Nick Sinzel.
0: Yeah. And I think that's one key thing. I mean, the whole idea of the bold predictions too. you know, um, I mean, I think for me is to be useful in a way as well. Right. Is to kind of is to plant your flag in some ways, but then also to just, um, you know, I think there's clear things in, in the way in the guys we're talking about. Right. Like with Senzel, the skills are there. Right. It's just a matter of health. And where you're getting them in drafts, I mean, Sinzel is a little different now. But when you wrote the article, he was going much later on. You know, um, it's really about health, right? It's like Justin Upton. If we did, did if I'd done my prediction three years ago, it would have been Justin Upton's going to do what he's always done. You know, and so the skills are there for the guys that we're talking about, and it's just a matter of of getting healthy. And if they're not healthy, given where they're going in drafts, it's still not going to hurt you that much. Um, so love that love that call as well all right Um, for me my fourth one again for folks who have paid attention to the podcast will come as no surprise I am I'm an open book all right I'm a book I'm open I've got my competitors for tomorrow night in the chat commenting right now you know Scared out of their out of their minds, um, right, Justin? Um, but no, my bold prediction will be that uh, Gregory Polanco will be the best Gregory that's drafted this year. No, I'm just kidding. Um, whenever I start, I say start saying Gregory Polanco. I say Gregory Soto.
1: Um,
0: Gregory Polanco, who is right now outfielder. 83 will be a top 40 outfielder with a batting average of 240, 35 home runs, 35 home runs, 30,
1: 35.
0: 35 home runs and 10 stolen bases. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, now he will finish the season with 35 RBI and 35 <laughs> runs because it'll be the only runs that the Pirates score all year oh, long. Man. But he will still do that, and it will still help your fantasy team. Cool. Um, but no, I love Soto. I mean, if you look at the way he was hitting the ball last year, it's Polanco, absolutely incredible. You said, said Soto I again. Say? You did I Soto say? again. I said Soto again. Oh! <laughs> Oh, there's so many Polanco's. There's so many Gregory's like, I don't even know what to do. Um, No, but I think Gregory Polanco, he mashes the ball. And the one adjustment he's got to do is he's got to stay healthy. Number one, and he's got to make contact more often. And he hasn't had these same contact issues throughout his career. And so I think he, I don't think he's going to get back to where he used to be, but there was a good article today uh, from the Pirates and the, about the Pirates and the Athletic. You know, Sarah Sarah's contributed to it. Um, but where they were just talking about, you know, we're, we don't want to get him back to where he was with his strikeout rate. We just need to get him down to 25, 26%, um, down from 37% or whatever is at over this shortened season. But if you look at even his rolling average graph over the, over the last last year, he started to improve that contact rate. So I feel like he will get there.
1: Uh, Justin Justin asked, why do you like injured guys?
0: So the the, the thing is Justin be, likes to be draft... snarky.
1: Be snarky. What's that? Be snarky here. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be snarky. Okay, good. Justin <laughs> likes
0: to draft injured guys high up in the draft. <laughs> I like to draft injured guy injured guys with high upside later in drafts where they don't actually hurt you. And Beautiful. I also am selective in drafting those injured guys.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. I was was hoping you were going to bring out the teeth. I was hoping. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I know. I mean, like, and the thing is, too, I mean, Justin is notorious for drafting the main event team that's totally injured. And what does he do in his first main event draft? He drafts Zach (laughs) But I mean, come on, people.
1: (laughs) It's too good. Too good. I I, I might have to just jump into Justin's live stream when he does the main event and just rattle his cage just, just to have some fun with it. Um, I love see what, Justin. See Justin
0: knows that. I hope. Oh, he knows I that.
1: He knows that. He's he's a, he's he's more thick skin than pretty much any of us. So it, it's all good there. Um, my fourth bold prediction, and some people are like, oh, it seems simple, but let's let's talk some um, semantics here, people. Joey Gallo right now is the forty second outfielder off the board at pick like one fifty eight in the main events, and that's been climbing because of his outstanding spring performance, where he's hit six homers, hit three ten. He's doing Joey Gallo things. still striking out 14 times, so he's doing Joey Gallo things. We've got to be feeling good about that. My bold prediction is he hits over 50 home runs this season, and people go, oh, that's nothing. That's Joey Gallo. I said, no. Have you seen Joey Gallo's page? Because he's at 40. He's at 41 when he's played 145 and 148 games. That's when he hit 206 and 209. (laughs) Other than that, 22 homers, he hit 253. but He only played in 70 games. Last year, he hit 10 home runs. Plus the dead in baseball and a pitcher's ballpark potentially that he's in. Given the, the dead in baseball will not affect Joey Gallo, the ballpark does not affect Joey Gallo. Like there's certain people that just Joey Gallo is not going to get affected by those things. But I believe, I believe because he's healthy. Um, and I, I I feel bad every time I mention this. There was a great article on Pitcher List, and I forget the author of it. He broke down the problems with Joey Gallo last season in the shortened season. He changed his approach. The pitchers changed their approach to him. And he was just lost. Plus, I believe he had a wrist injury. Obviously, it affects your power that way. So there's a couple things that took place there. Because you look at some of the Savant stats, they still resembled good stuff. But like similar to what he's done in the past. But the power wasn't there. And a lot of it was the injury and the different pitch mix. He adjusted to that. He's healthy now. He's um he's not trying to tinker with his stance like he was last year. And it's kind of shown. I know spring is spring. But I still take those little things. We talk about guys looking healthy. Guys doing certain things. He at least looks like Joey Votto. He strikes out half the time. And he's hitting home runs. That's Joey Votto, so he's doing that. Fifty home runs would be insane this year. I'm just going to say that right now. It'd be almost be as insane as 200 innings pitched. So Joey Gallo, 50 plus home runs. Bold prediction. Nice. What's
0: his oh, batting oh, average? Smota says, says 60.
1: Smada says Smada's trying to one up you. He's trying Thank to one you, up Smata. you. He says
0: 60. It's okay. It's okay. Wow. I like it. I like. I it. mean, that's, Bubba, I thought your prediction was bold, but that's more bold, right that's there. Very
1: bold. That's very bold. It's like that's, that's like being Cor- that's Corbin Burns bold.
0: That's six um, fifths bold of what he did.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, when it comes to um, his batting average, I got him. I'm gonna say 245. That might be more bold than the home runs. Wow. That might be more bold than the home runs. But I think if he hits two, let's say if he hits 240 plus 50 is very realistic. Like wow. very realistic. So I just think there's something about him and. The other thing is, let me double check before I really spout off. The dude's going to be—he's twenty-seven years old. Like he's not even that old. He could be wow. finding his groove. Like you look at Joey Gallo; he looks kind of bigger. You think he's older? He's twenty-seven. Like so, he turned twenty-seven in November. He's, he's going to be twenty-seven all year long. I, I I I like him a lot this year. So we'll see. His, I the biggest—the biggest, I the biggest he's thirty. Yeah, I would have guessed in his early thirties for sure. The biggest detriment to him is the team around him. But he can't—he <laughs> right. he, he can't do anything about that. Oh man. So. They're gonna be Joey stealing God. bases
0: like crazy. They're oh, gonna man, be like what there's like
1: 5020.
0: It's <laughs> gonna be Joey Gallo. Like I can see it, the poster when they make the postseason. It's gonna be like uh Jim uh uh Joey Gallo as like uh what's it, Paul Bunyan? Is that right? Paul Bunyan with uh, yeah. axe and, then, and everything, or like as Gulliver, no, and then it's weird. like all the all the like little like speed. Running around like Nick Solak and Leody Tavares and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa <laughs>
1: and Willie and Calvin learn how to William hit a baseball
0: Blow, too. They're just going to be like running around the bases like lilliputians. Oh, you
1: know, something else. There's some
0: literary references, that. Yeah, all of you.
1: that was well done. I was well done. Show up to the pod way, for literary. Way above references. Justin Mason's head. So well done there. Uh, <laughs> what's your fifth bold prediction?
0: Uh, my bold, pre- my fifth bold prediction, and my final bold prediction, and. Um, This is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, I have worn my Blue Jays hat today because, as everybody knows, I am, if not, um, I am a huge Blue Jays fan, and I am a fan of many of their hitters. Um, However, uh, one person who I think is incredibly overrated, who – has not done anything so far in his career to justify the hype or the average draft position that he currently holds is Vlad (laughs) Guerrero Jr. Now I don't have anything, I don't have anything negative. I don't have any hard feelings uh, for Vlad Jr. And I'm going to keep this bold prediction short because, you know, I've talked about Vlad Jr. all the time. But I'm just going to go on record. One of my bold predictions is that Vlad Jr. currently going as the first baseman four. That's right. The first baseman four. The guy with the below-league average home run per fly ball rate. The very much higher than-league average ground ball rate. Um is going as your first baseman four in drafts this year, ladies and gentlemen. The guy with very limited speed, who has yet to crack, I think, 280. Am I right or am I wrong on that one? I think he hit 278 last year.
1: I think you're close. Let me pull it up.
0: Okay, you can confirm with this. He will – he is going to be
1: – get hit 262, 262 last year, 272 in
0: 2019. Oh, a two, oh he hit 272 last He hit 272. Oh, I'm going to change this bold prediction right away. I mean, my (laughs) God. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just giving people a hard time. There's, There's every reason to believe that Vlad Jr. can be a phenomenal generational hitter. I just don't see it. And so I'm going to say that Vlad Jr. finishes outside the top 10 first basemen this year in rotisserie fantasy baseball value. First baseman four right now in drafts. I say he finishes outside the top ten.
1: I I can't disagree. I I, I hope he doesn't because he'd be awesome to watch. It's going to be amazing. Plus, your Twitter timeline will be freaking fireworks. But um, yeah, it's yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That's all I could say. Like, I want him to be good, but you your points are always accurate. So I'm not going to disagree with you there. It's just I, mean, the, the God, I want is, him to be good.
0: The thing is, if you I mean like. I try to do the research. I do the analysis. And that's what I'm saying. I can't
1: disagree with what you're saying. Like it all Uh, makes sense. Totally.
0: (laughs) Well, this is just my like, this is my caveat that I'm going to put in there just so that when I'm eating a crow pie or whatever, like the various metaphors are for just being absolutely wrong is I look at the data. I try to understand this narrative. I try to understand the story. And at this point in time, I think it takes far too dramatic changes Mm -hmm. in Vlad jr's underlying metrics for him to get close to what he's going in terms of ADP. Yeah, I could everyone, be absolutely wrong, but I don't think I am.
1: Well, everyone was all excited about his increased launch angle in spring training, but by the end of spring training, it was back down to normal or below normal. So that just changed real – I I almost tried. I almost tweeted it to you the other day, but I didn't. He hit his home run a couple of nights ago, and it, it was like a line drive that barely got out of the stadium. It was like – if it was like two feet lower, it's off the wall. It was just – uh, <laughs> I mean,
0: the thing about him is like, so like Cattell Marte had a dramatic decrease in his launch angle two years ago, right? In 2019, he, he dropped his launch angle like nine degrees or, or no, uh, his ground ball rate, 9%, I think, something like that. Seven to 9%, which is one of the bigger ones like we've seen in recent memory. If Vlad Jr. were to do that, if he were to decrease his ground ball rate by 9% from last year, again, small sample. He would still have a 44% ground ball rate, which would be higher than league average ground ball rate. And he has yet to show that he can have a home run per fly ball rate that is higher than the league average. So, again, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, we'll see. It'll be fun. My fifth bold prediction is the 22nd second baseman drafted in main events at pick 228. He is 26 years old. He's going to start for the Seattle Mariners. His name is Ty France. And Ty France is a guy that hit 27 homers in the minors in 2019, 17 in t- or 22 in 2018. A little bit of speed, but in the minors, he always hit for a pretty decent average. And we even saw a 305 average in 2020 in his small sample size. It uh, doesn't strike out too much, 22 23%. I like that. We've seen the spring just go off the charts. So my bold prediction Ty France finishes with a 280 average, 25-plus home runs, and is a top-five fantasy second baseman in 2020. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, I said, you, you can do the the slight bumps. I'm going to go bold, and I'm saying top-five fantasy second baseman, which to me is not that bad considering the second-base landscape. If he gets 25 home runs or more, which he very well could – He legit could be a top five second baseman when all things are said and done. He's not going to steal a ton of bases. Like, if he slides in with five steals, you're over the moon happy with that. But middle of the order, 25-plus homers, which will give him probably 75, 80-plus RBIs, a solid average. Give me Ty France, and he's so cheap in drafts. Like, he's going up. Don't get me wrong, but he's going up. So give me – and Smada, you are wrong. But give me me, uh, Ty France, top five second baseman, 25-plus home runs, 280. Average.
0: Um, and for those who who are listening to the pod, Smata in the chat put marmalejos is better than France. Yeah.
1: Take your so, marmaleos somewhere else.
0: Uh Francophiles out there, you know, go after go after Smada.
1: Yeah, <laughs> go after Smata. Um, Justin wants us to send him the link to the live stream, and I'll you're in the live stream, Justin. <laughs> i don't know what to tell you um so yeah but um let's talk about some listener listener bold predictions those are our five um we have a couple that have come out in the chat i will put them on the screen because they came in and talked so james De Viglio says akil badu pushes his way into the lineup and puts up big poppy numbers that is bold the lineup part i could see the poppy numbers, bold. Do you have any thoughts on Badu? Because like people have asked me about him, and he's had an awesome spring. He hasn't played much above high A. Maybe he did some good stuff at the alt site last year. Um, they have to keep him he's a rule five pick. Otherwise, you lose him. So he's going to be on the roster. Maybe he strikes gold. But it's hard for me to make a commitment to a guy that really, like, like you want to see it with Vlad. At least we've seen something with Vlad. We haven't seen anything with this guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you have anything on him? Because people are trying to spend money on him right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't have a ton to add. I mean, I just looking at his projection, I mean, it's not every day you see a guy who's projected to hit 199.
1: Yeah, he's Um, taking everybody by storm, basically.
0: But, but that being said, I mean, I think he does have like what I would say is the ingredients. I don't know if he has big poppy ingredients, but he's got some power. He steals some bases as well. So, also in that um, uh, much, much, much (laughs) but much badoo about nothing. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's got some of the ingredients, right, that you would look for with the power speed. In 179 plate appearances, his projection is five home runs and four stolen bases. You know, so like 15-15 or even better than that in 600 plate appearances. The problem is when you hit 199 and when you have the WOBA that he'd have, with his strikeout and, and, and walk rates respectively is you just, you're not in the lineup to be able to produce that. So again, like those are the types of guys I think late, late, late speculations and drafts, which are great just to see how, how they go, like what happens with them. But, um, you know, and so it's, it's a, it's a great bold prediction. Big poppy seems a little aggressive. Maybe if you said like 15, 15, you know, that would still bring a lot of value with a decent batting average. So let's hope for that. And, and we'll see what happens. But another interesting name to uh, uh, to, to monitor for yeah, all of us.
1: It'll be fun. Uh, James has another one. Reese Hoskins compete for the Triple Crown. Thanks for coming near and dear to my heart. I don't think he can hit a batting average title. But, uh, or, or a stolen
0: bait. Well, just, uh, triple uh, Crown yeah, just
1: runs in RBI. Yeah, yeah, so we're good yeah, yeah. there. Our home runs I'm in thinking, RBX, I'm, I'm RBX, thinking wrote a Triple
0: Crown for me.
1: A, we have a special guest, bold prediction, coming in.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> Justin Mason is in here. He's all up in our stream. Who let this guy in?
1: Sorry. Sorry. My bad. My bad.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I can also kick him out, though, so it's okay. Are yeah, you going to the... talk trash on, on, on our show?
2: I would never. I would never. I love you guys. <laughs> I'm super excited to uh, face Toby in the main event once again. This year, I believe I will come out on top. You You won the league last year. This is my year. but
0: You finished fourth, I believe, and it was only a last-minute. It was the second-to-last
2: at bat of the season. Eugenio Suarez got a hit, and I dropped uh, a hundredth point in average. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so to go from $1,300 cash to zero in that league. so it, Un-
0: Unforgiving.
2: Yeah, it was brutal. I, th- I think if it had been a full 162-game season, I would have maybe challenged you for first. Uh, My team was really getting hot and then just had one bad day at the end and fell out of the money, but uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to I love doing that last draft of the season. We have all the information we're ever going to have and that's why I sign up for that one. So no injured players are going to be on that team i can promise you that toby (laughs) just jinxed himself right there now i'm
0: I'm removing those players from my justin mason player pool that i have there you go my competitors uh someone's going to cut their hand,
1: breaking apart frozen hamburger patties like jeremy afield or something
2: (laughs) so So. a bold prediction you guys want a bold prediction yes that's why yes bring it all right all right so i'm writing up my bold predictions article for opening are you
1: doing the funny ones
2: uh well that's that's a, a no, different sorry sorry don't, sorry don't, sorry don't don't worry about that, that no one that, listens no, to the
1: sh- no one yeah. listens to the show it's okay
2: yeah no no not not tens of <laughs> thousands of rabid <laughs> fantasy baseball fans or anything here be, i will give you my bold prediction in the form of a question okay mm. i'm going to give you two player predict uh, uh sorry two player projections player a 15 home runs 25 stolen bases a 256 batting average right okay Player B, eighteen home runs, twenty-one stolen bases, a 275 batting average. They're both outfielders. Okay. Okay. Have any idea who these guys could be?
0: Can you repeat 15, that again, 25. please? Is this a projection system projection or? It is a here?
2: projection system projection.
1: So, fifteen twenty-five. And and who's two, the other one?
0: And what was the
2: batting average? Two fifty-six. Okay. Um, and then the second one is eighteen twenty-one. 275.
0: For me, that would probably be um, probably be Rogueless, the first one. No,
2: No, it's
1: not. He's like 17 and 22 or something.
2: This one's a little tricky because it's not a projection system you're used to looking at.
1: It's probably Mason's projection system. No,
2: this is Steamer 600. Oh, Oh, Steamer 600.
1: So you're doing... Uh,
2: Player, um, Player A is Manny Margot. Oh, that's your boy. Pete that's your boy. Is Starling Marte. Hey,
1: I've been taking Margot a lot of places as well, so I'm I'm on the boat with you.
2: My my prediction is uh Is Manny Margot will be a 1530 player this year? Wow. that
1: would be awesome. That's bold. I'll take 1030, but that's 1530 would be awesome. I look
0: forward to drafting him. Well, before ADP is tomorrow
2: night's main event, I, I got sniped on him in uh, I think the 19th round in my first main event. I tried to push it to closer to his ADP, Phil so uh, did not let that happen. I, I swore very, very loudly uh, mm. on my live stream during that moment. So we're
0: just adding people left to the a party.
1: Yeah. We're not going to be here all night. I'm guaranteeing that right now. But we can
3: have Bubba, some fun. Bubba's a still
0: got to record a DFS show tonight, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I got to predict- write three articles. Yeah.
3: My bold prediction is this podcast doesn't end in an hour. Oh no! See, I can. <laughs> I can't you You,
1: you, you, you weren't going to get an invite because you don't.
0: You, like, I you know don't you understand were. how this works, Mike. I mean, you do, but <laughs> he, this guy over over he, here. <laughs> Jeffrey, I can't do it. Yeah. There, that <laughs> guy there. that oh, way, he, he pulls the strings. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's all good, man. So you got a bold production uh, Curtin? Um, I don't know if it's bold anymore because I actually saw Simeone said it, but I'm really strongly believing in Savale outproducing Pleissack straight up this year. Like I I'm like, it, like, I like that a lot. it's maybe it's bold for a lot of people. For me, it seems like legitimately something we can see. So it's not as bold. Maybe it's not bold for our circle. But it's pretty I mean, look at ADPs We're looking that's hundred fifty picks separate separating them on average, roughly. So that's like one that comes to my mind right away. I just was surprised you sent me the link, so I really was like, "Uh, oh, what am I gonna say? Oh man. <laughs> but, uh, do. but that's, that's the mean, one that comes God to my right.
0: man of the people. Yes. I yes. mean it's the
3: final
1: well, he, episode before the season
2: starts. He, let's have
1: a little fun here.
2: Oh, if he was a God. man
3: if he was a man of the people, I wouldn't be
1: on this podcast because nobody wants to see me. <laughs> well, let's think about it this way. Let's have a fun police act one here. Over under 22 and a half home runs he allows this year. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, he's
0: already allowed six and yeah, seven. In, like
1: eight innings or, in or something.
0: Brad Rad Radke, he holds like the record, right? For most home runs in the season or something like that. I remember he well, got Only you would know card. that. Yeah.
2: yeah, that is such a that's such a Toby stat right there. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah, I love. That's a Toby. <laughs> you, want, you want to know my comp? I I, I dropped uh earlier today for uh um, I said he he is the now modern day version of Masahiro Tanaka, right? So he can be a really effective pitcher and still give up home runs because he does yeah. have very good control so he can get to the zone. The problem is he does not have elite command inside of the zone and so he's gonna give up home runs when he can't locate that command that being said especially in 2021 he actually has a fairly safe floor because the indians will let him go we saw them do it in almost every single one of his starts last year just go deep into games so he's gonna rack up a ton of innings which means a ton of strikeouts i do do believe he'll be a strikeout an inning type guy and he'll probably go for like 190 200 innings so He's going to have a lot of value, even if the ratios, especially in the ERA department, aren't what you necessarily want.
3: With Plissack, mm-hmm. the funny thing about him is, and how, and kind of like a devil's advocate thing, I was, I was just messing with Twitter. Of course, I had to play with Twitter a little bit last night, so I was tweeting out. I tweeted out a poll just to see, kind of gauge the general consensus in terms of concerns and whatever. But what I re- what I ended up putting out was, he had, you know, acts had six spring training starts, right? And yeah, spring training, we're not supposed to over like think about it too much like oh it's spring training but he he's coming off a season where we vaulted him into a, initially like what a top 60 pick thank you David Donald a top 60 <laughs> pick overall like for a good amount for a good amount of draft season and that was based off eight starts so the, the sample sizes aren't even that much of a different difference in terms of starts maybe innings pitch is obviously a little different but still we're talking about an eight-start sample for Plesak against a really bad division, against players that the more I read, the more I'm dismissing 2020. So many players complained about not having this, not having that, crazy routines, different schedules, COVID screwing things up. And you're starting to see a lot of these players that were good in 2019 be good in spring training, so it's a little optimism. So I, I was playing devil's advocate because obviously it's spring training. I think acts working on a different curveball anyway or something anyways, on top of everything else. It was still like, well, why are we so harsh? Why why aren't we being a little more harsh on Police Act spring training when we vaulted him up so highly based on eight starts on such a crazy season? There's a it's a very similar discussion, I think. Yeah, it's very. very And I think one
0: one thing as I was looking into Police Act too is if you look at his rolling average graph, he actually had like from a skills perspective a pretty similar um, period of time, period of starts Um, in his rookie season as he did in his, in the season last year. And then he got blown up. And when you look at his, when you look at his Babbitt, when you look at his, you know, um, his strand rate, I mean, they're all, they all scream regression. Right. And the question, question is regression to what I think to your point, Justin, like the control is good. He's not going to walk a lot of guys, but I question whether he, he does have, you know, whether he is going to be as affected because like you, 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 for a narrative perspective, you ask, "What has changed from Black from Zach? Please, Zach, from 2019 to 2020, his fastball velo went down, and yet his secondary pitches improved dramatically. None of them stand out from like a spin rate perspective. None of them stand out from a velo perspective. None of them stand out at all. So the question becomes, what was the difference that made those pitchers better?" pitches better last year. And I just don't see a reason for it happening, which is not to say he couldn't be really good, but I just, I want to, I want to understand the narrative for how he got there. You know, whereas with these other guys like Jordan Montgomery, also velo bump of about a mile and a half, you know, two miles per hour last year. So I buy a little bit more into what, you know, the hype that's, that's around him and he's shooting up drafts. I mean, He's yeah. a tenth rounder now, which which you know is insane. Yeah, no. yeah, it's in, it's insane, but it's also FOMO, like FOMO
1: for Joe. Really smart some-
0: people were drafting him in in the tenth round, you know, um, by Casey Chop.
1: And okay, so I'm gonna steer, I'm gonna steer the ship here. I'm gonna steer the ship because we're not gonna be here all night. So okay. um, here's a bold prediction from a listener, Matt uh, the Richer, Jake Bowers breakout season. I know this no. will ring a bell for someone. So take the floor, Toby.
0: <laughs> well, let me take you back. Is he related to you by chance? I can't. I can't even. I I can't even um, remember. I can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019. I think it was 2019. I think he debuted in 2018. Great with the Rays. The Rays traded him. Should have been a warning sign uh, for Yandy Diaz. Although Diaz hasn't really done much uh, much there in Tampa either. Uh, But I mean, for me, I loved him. It was a huge. It was a bold prediction of mine that I think he was going to go 2010. He had some speed, had a little bit of power, had a decent max exit below. And then.
1: Then reality showed up.
0: Reality showed up. (laughs) You know, like the same force that will get Zach Plisak this year got Jake Bauer. I mean, it's reality.
2: I mean, Listen, I mean, not everybody can be a Vlad Guerrero Jr. or, or Fernando <laughs> Tatis Jr. and live in the shadow of their father, like who, you know, was such a great, you know, player or person. And it's hard for Jake Bowers to live up to Jack Bowers' name. For I, mean, sure. it's just, I thought you know. were going to say Trevor Bauer. Was to <laughs>
0: He's trying to <laughs> in 24 hours, Justin. He's trying to swing changes in 24 hours. I like, bet anything.
3: I bet you, Trevor Bauer threw that ball over center field wall farther than Jake Bowers has ever hit the ball. I guarantee you. So, I, like you, that comp
1: would be welcoming for Jake hey, Bowers. It's, let's see. R- fake Walter says ba- breakout season two twenty <laughs> fifteen and five. Is that realistic, guys?
3: That really <laughs> I, is. In I, I don't an know
0: OBP you, league in a deep I, OBP league. I don't I
1: know. You'll get
0: the under on plate appearances. Yeah. I think under <of> fifteen. <laughs>
2: that's too
1: good that's too good okay do you guys want to stick around and and critique all the listeners ones or you guys want to
2: i'm gonna take off i was i didn't think you were gonna send me the link i'll give you one more bold prediction on my way out though what do you got steven strasberg will not be a top 50 pitcher this year
1: outstanding
2: i watched every single pitch in his last outing he was sitting in the in the first two innings he was sitting like 90 to 92, hit 94 once in the in the last two innings of that start. He was sitting 88 to 90.
1: Do you mean he might need that tendon after all?
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't <laughs> think this is going to work out well for him. It, it was, he and he had no control. You know, I mean, the only reason he even got through as many innings as he did was because the Astros were taking really, really poor at bats, and Victor Robles saved him on multiple occasions with amazing plays in the outfield. <laughs> Nice. bold bold, nice. bold
0: pre- prediction uh, uh attendee, Victor Robles. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's That's literally, I, I
2: wrote down the velocities of every <laughs> single fastball he threw in yesterday's outing. Um and yeah, it was uh it was really, really scary. And he looked like he was struggling and he could not find the zone. Um, you know, it just it was it's gonna be a really, really ugly season season for Steven, Steven Strasburg.
1: Yep, cool. for sure. Can't blame you there. Like that one a lot. Well, thanks for joining us, Justin. Always appreciate Justin, it. My friend. I'll
0: see you tomorrow right. you guys Should be fun.
2: I'll be there, thanks, sir. All right.
1: So ya. Bye. All right, Curlin. Do you want to? Are you sticking around? or Are you going to go? I'm going to go. I'll just leave you on one
3: with one last one as well. Uh, go. I think Ronald Guzman's going to outproduce Nate Low this year. Okay, I mean, you're going to How dare mom. you? You're how leaving now. You. I'm,
1: so, I'm, I'm <laughs> so,
2: dude.
3: We just got done talking about how the Rays dealt. Jake Bowers, and that was a warning sign. The Rays dealt Nate low. Shouldn't that be the same warning sign? <laughs> yes. I didn't think yeah. about that, Mike. I didn't yeah. think about that. Curling. Curling. Oh it back. Cheesecake. Cheesecake says take it back. I, I almost want to listen to him, but it's but I can't. It's too late. I already said it. It's no, a, it's, it's, a, already it's done. a great
0: point. I do have Nate Lowe as like my corner infielder, I think, on two main event teams. So I hope he does uh I hope he does better better I'm, than Jake Bowers does. I'm just scared, man.
3: I mean, and spring training shouldn't mean much, but he struggled with strikeouts in spring training, and we've seen that issue with multiple players in the past carry into the regular season so that's where I'm at maybe it won't maybe I shouldn't be overly concerned the way I am with Nate Lowe but I have I think one share in a very early best ball league might be Bubba's best ball league I (laughs) grabbed him before he even got traded that's how early of a share I had and I just I I want to believe because he had like one or two good years in the minors but there's a reason the Rays let him go and he hasn't done anything at the pro level to suggest that He's not gonna be better than what 250 25 home run guy. That skill set isn't very sexy. Guzman could do that playing the outfield. I just don't So it wouldn't surprise me. And there's a path to it. Apparently, Guzman's made some changes in his approach, changes in his mechanics, has a more has more passion to play the game than ever before. So I'm gonna ride that narrative. And he I also have a lot more shares because of how free he was in drafts. So it's a little personal bias. A little personal bias. But I I think it's as as crazy as it sounds, I think it's honestly actually like there's a 10 to 15% chance it happens. I like to give bold predictions that have somewhat of a chance, and I think this one is a more it's a bolder take, but there actually is a little a little bit, little little bit of hope in my opinion. So we'll see but yeah it that's all happen. I wanted to say. It could happen. Well anything can happen It's baseball. That's why we love yeah. it. Opening day yeah. is coming. Guys, thank you for having me on. Was not expecting this. <laughs> no, I'm going to go I'm going to go. It's in. I'll oh, do. Yeah. You kidding they, me? I love baseball. I love this I Love talking
1: yeah. to you guys but and oh, thanks for
3: thanks, <laughs> thanks for the
1: spring training lineups.
3: Oh yeah, dude, obviously like at <laughs> uh, Michael. whole with Michael
0: and ends us with bold prediction neither Nate Lowe or uh ronald guzman will matter that's okay. probably the
3: most accurate thing said yeah. of this whole conversation thanks
0: yeah. thanks walter all right guys yeah, you have a good back. night take it take easy, mike. easy mike thanks yeah, for having
1: us of course thank you for having all right we'll think walter had another one that i actually like quite a bit jonathan india is mm-hmm. a top 10 second baseman i think that's a realistic one i i grabbed him in tgfbi this week uh for 76 doll hairs uh and and fab and it was crazy to see the differences that he went at for different leagues, but he's jumping up ADPs. He'll be going really high in yours, but I, I think that's a realistic one. Like he's got, he's got 15, 15 upside if he plays every day. So I like that quite a bit, but all right. Now we'll go quickly through the listener ones. We have quite a bit of them, but some of them are more trolling than anything. So we really don't have a lot of comments <laughs> and we're going to start with the We first don't have
0: one. any we're trolls not- that, that follow our yeah. podcast. And, Bubba, I'm going,
1: and I'm going straight in the order they came in. So there's no okay. priority mail here. But um, the only priority is if you do it in the chat, you come on the screen. Um, David Mendelson, our buddy from Triple Play Fantasy, Vlad Junior wins AL MVP and thanks Toby during his acceptance speech.
0: How do you how do you win AL MVP when you suck? <laughs> Just kidding. All right, love you, David.
1: Um, yes, Brian P Vogel. We know Vogel. He likes to troll things, but this one this one's kind of a. I think it's he believes it, but it also feels trolly because of conversations that have been happening on Twitter lately. Mm. <laughs> Tommy Edman outproduces Randy Rosarena. <laughs> well, hey, I, I, I rostered I, a you bunch know, of them. I'm, so.
0: I'm an Edman fan. Yeah, although I don't have him on any team, so maybe, or I don't have him on any uh, main event team, so maybe I'm not as big a fan. But um, I could totally see that happening.
1: Sure. Yeah. I have I've lost like I said it last week. I have a ton of Edmund, and I'm starting to get a lot of a Rosarena. So <laughs> if they're both really good and one just outdoes the other, I'll be happy. Um I mean there's a world
0: where it's like he scores hundred runs, twelve yeah, to scores, fifteen home runs and twenty stolen exactly. bases.
1: Exactly. And a Rosarina just kind of hits that rookie wall. Like that's really realistic. It's very, very possible. And right. then he gets raised, and he's now the fourth outfielder. Um, <laughs> uh, wake up at wake up one through nine says well, Tony Gonsolin in the year as a top 30 starting pitcher? I say he's got the stuff to do it, but I say no because the Dodgers will mess with his innings. Let's see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, finishing as a top 30 starting pitcher is very difficult. Um, and so, I mean, you think about it, all the aces that we always talk about, that's like, you know, 20 starting pitchers or something like that. And so you've got to really kind of uh, get into that upper echelon. So I think it'll be hard, like Bubba said, for volume for him to get there. But I agree. I mean, he's got phenomenal skills. He's got the, the repertoire like uh to be very successful. But um yeah, I mean the Dodgers are already messing with him, right? Having yeah. Dustin May and you know his inability to strike people out um ahead of him in the crazy in the rotation.
1: Yeah. Price and gonsolin of the pen, May fifth starter, but like I tweeted out it's pretty much a revolving door. It's just gonna be those guys switching around and I think a beat reporter said he doesn't foresee any of the five starters throwing more than like 165 innings. So it's going to be a mess, an absolute mess, as we kind of expected. Though um, this one is extremely bold. Dave Swan, great guy, at the Vithius on Twitter. The San Diego Padres finish outside the top twelve in offense. Bold. That is bold (laughs) in the major leagues.
0: Have you seen the major leagues? Have you seen major league? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, I mean I I think you know it's possible, but yeah. yeah. well, I think like what makes it possible is we had a short season last year, right? Okay. And so let's say that Eric Cosmer does not perform as well as he did last year and he comes back to earth, which I think is a likely outcome, right? Um, I don't know if the launch angle revolution he had was really all that real or just he happened to, at the start of the season, um, have one of his rolling periods of, of low ground ball rate. Jake Cronenworth, right? He's, he might be batting second in that lineup, right? Tommy Pham could easily get injured. Or just ground out, hit so many ground balls that you know um, he he doesn't he's not as successful. Will Myers could get hurt, and that's pretty much the only way Will Myers isn't the best player in baseball. Um,
1: I've I've the last like four drafts, I think I've drafted Will Myers in each of them. Like it's it's getting kind of disgusting, but I I feel good about it actually. So yeah,
0: I've I've actually gotten him in two. I got him in one main, and then in one of my big high stakes leagues, uh, we also drafted him. So. yeah, I mean, I, I I like what he's been able to do, and if you look at what he did last year, he's been good. I think the challenge with it is just Tatis and Machado are mm-hmm. so good, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they are so good,
1: and they get to play like nine or ten games in Coors. That alone can like catapult <laughs> them into <laughs> with that offense. So it's a bold. Like if he gets that one yes. right, I would take a I would take a massive victory lap on that one. If you got that one I, right, that's.
0: I, I could definitely see their offense being not as well as advertised. I think not yes. being 12 tw- top 12 might be a challenge. But I also think it's because they do have a lot of good OBP guys. So even yep. if they're struggling, like Cronenworth's a great OBP guy. Fam is a great OBP guy.
1: And a lot of guys that will run to produce runs. Like they, We've watched the, them even last year. They move guys over. They hit sack flies. Like they're a good baseball team.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So it'll be interesting. Uh, Dander Bogarts. This is a 100% troll Unless he believes Corey Seager's gonna get injured again, he says Kyle Seager logs 250 total bases more than Corey Seager. <laughs> like <laughs> now, I'm sorry,
0: Gander Bogarts is formerly at Sandy Casimir, I think. Oh, okay. Um, a really smart baseball ball baseball guy. Um, big Rays fan. Uh, puts out a lot of really good, um, like rolling Woba and True Woba, um, graphs out. So very smart. But I agree. Uh, I think there's a belief that it, that Corey Seager will get injured in there, which, yeah. you know. It's happened a lot. Happened yeah. a lot. It's as why as somebody who him. does not have any shares of Corey Seager yeah. in any league this year, um, you know, yeah. I don't want, I don't I don't wish injury on
1: anyone. 100% agree. Uh, what, Smata. One of Smata's, I think, three or four predictions he sends us. Willie Castro, 25, 10, and 290. Um, I think that's. That's interesting. It's probably bold because we haven't seen it yet, but I think that could be interesting. I'm not going to say no, that's for sure.
0: I don't believe as much as Smada does in Castro. I think his plate discipline is is really bad, um, and I don't know if that's going to play. Um, that is my one issue with him. He had an incredibly high BABIP. You know, We all know that. Um, I think when that comes down to a realistic uh, place, I just don't know... If the contact skills will be good enough to um, be successful with that, because very, very few people have been successful, players with that level of chase have been successful um, uh, consistently. So um, I don't necessarily believe it, but I know there's a lot of hype around him for sure.
1: No doubt about it. J Dub at J Dub the Gamer says, David Fletcher, top 100 value overall, not just position players. Uh, Let me. Real quick, I'll just to, to see where he's at overall. In the month of March, in NFBC main events, he is 255th players. So that'd be a pretty good jump. Um, if he gets any semblance of power, I could see it. Because he's going to get on base a lot. He's going to score a lot of runs. He's going to steal a decent amount, like 15 bases maybe. If he gets any power, it's interesting. You don't believe in him at all?
0: I don't believe in him at all. I think that's a pick where people are like – they're desperate for batting average, and they want to get him, which I think is fine. He
1: Plays like four positions.
0: <laughs> he plays like four positions, so yeah. he's nice to have on your bench. But let me just say: so in twelve hundred plate appearances in the major leagues, twelve hundred plate appearances, so two full seasons, he has ten home runs and thirteen stolen bases. Yeah,
1: Vlad, Vlad so looks at his launch angle and says, no... fine. "Yeah, Vlad laughs What's at that? his launch." Angle. Vlad laughs at his launch angle.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and this is not a criticism because these are bold predictions, right? And so, um, but for me, it's like he has no value without home runs or speed, um, even if he can hit for batting average. Just wait and gra- grab Arias and hope he gets a, a spot in the Twins lineup.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he can get home runs, I could see it. it. He hasn't done it yet, and it's he hasn't shown that he's going to do it, which is scary. But if he does, he'll jump quite a bit. Um, cork at Z Corky underscore. This is one of a bunch we have here for CJ Cron, 35 plus homers, 280 plus average. I believe in the homers, the average may be a little lower, but it's not unrealistic in tours where the average bump happens. So I believe it. If he if he plays all season, 35 is happening pretty easily for me.
0: Yeah, I think the home runs could definitely happen. I think the batting average could happen as well. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it, but I think it's a very reasonable prediction. Yep,
1: very very reasonable. Is that uh, a, a Dave- very
0: reasonable bold prediction?
1: Yeah, we're gonna let it go tonight. Yeah. Um, at, D- at Dave Petras Yellow, uh, he has first he has Cron uh, hits forty homers. Okay, that's getting a little bolder than thirty five, but you never know. Um, and then he has Corbin Burns outperforms his ADP. His ADP is forty five mm. in the uh, in the main. So Schmoto would agree with you. Yeah, I just don't yeah. know if he's gonna have enough innings.
0: I mean, the thing for me with uh, with Coors Coors actually isn't a home run park. I mean, that's the thing about the home run bar bold predictions with Crone is like it's not really a home run park. Um, I, I it may be a little bit plus, but it's not actually it doesn't boost home runs that much. It's the runs that it boosts and the batting average. Um, so I think the higher you get, the less likely it is to happen. But he's certainly crushing the ball. So thirty five forty is. Is within the realm of possibility. I think the challenge is his ADP has gotten to such a level, right, where he's yeah, now a top. Climbed a ton. He's a top one hundred guy. That it becomes really challenging, you know, without him hitting a higher higher end of his range of outcomes for him to um, to be worth it. But certainly possible.
1: Yep. Yes, indeed. Uh, Dan the Goat at Dan McEwen. Byron Buxton is drafted in the first two rounds next year. Um, that's interesting because right now his March main event like, ADP is like one hundred five, one hundred five. So quick math, carry the two. That's like what round eight, nine, something like that. Um, so that's I'm quite so bad at t-
0: figuring out what rounds yeah. things are. Actually, I should I should know though. So ninety pick ninety is the end of round six. So that's yeah, so the end of round, round seven.
1: Six. Yeah, yep. that's a it's a five round jump at least. That's a massive jump. If he can show the power he had last year and then bring the steals and stay healthy, do all three of those things, sure.
0: Yeah, That's yeah. I mean, I think it's fair. Right. I mean, I, I would say maybe instead of being drafted in the first two rounds next year, maybe he'll return like second round value this year. Um, I could definitely see that. I think the challenge is, is there's such a, There's such a thing around Buxton now and injuries that it becomes really difficult for for people to make that jump. But it also depends on how he does it, right? Like if he improves his approach at the plate, um, you know, and and we see that type of thing over the full season, for sure. I think it's a great prediction.
1: Like I like the the comp you said is maybe say he returns second round value because if you're going to draft him in the second round, it's almost like the Mondesi argument at that point. Like not quite the same, but similar. Mm-hmm. And that that's where it gets in. And now Mondasi's creeping into the first round in some main events, which is I I couldn't sleep. I wouldn't be able to sleep with that. That's that's tough. I get it. I just it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um Daniel Prepos asks, Freddie Peralta says Freddie Peralta stays Freddie Peralta. So there you <laughs> go. That's that's that one. Um we have a couple rowdy telles ones. This one's from On oh. uh,
0: SMATA's thing, Corbin Burns. Yeah. <sighs> I want to love Corbin Burns as much as Smata loves Corbin Burns. And I think there's – he's the one guy. He's the one guy I'm like, oh, I would love to have a little bit of that this year.
1: Well, you have two more drafts to go. The
0: cost is so prohibitive, though, for yep.
1: me. ADP of 45.
0: Um, I know. It's just – it's so hard to, to, to do that based on what he did last year, even though he looks phenomenal this spring. But so the
1: talent level, I've never disagreed with the talent level. I just don't know how far they're going to let him go this year. That's my biggest concern because where you're drafting them, you need like, at least 150 innings, at least 150 innings. And I'm just worried that we're not going to see it. So we'll see. Um, uh, at Nick Biscardi said – The Freddie Peralta tools? one. Yeah. Freddie
0: Peralta one. I could see that happening too. I mean, I think, I think he looks really good though, and I think that's worth that. I think yeah,
1: it's they're going to yo yo him around with Lindblom Bloom and stuff. So. But the, the end result will be interesting to see where where mm. that final line sits. Uh, Nick Piscardi, Rowdy Telez, 275, 375, 40. Those are his uh, OBPs and slugs. 80, 135 home runs. So Who's that's this is a Rowdy Telez. Oh. So essentially, 275 with 35 homers, 80 runs scored, and 100 RBIs. He'd have yeah. to play every day. He'd have to play every day for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think th- I hope it happens. A few things would have to happen. Yeah, I know you, you, you have loved him. <laughs> I think a few things needs to happen. I mean, I think the skill is certainly there. I think the big thing for him is is not just the playing time, but where he hits in that lineup as well. Yeah, um, it's hard to see them moving guys around for that, mm-hmm. but. You know, well within his skill set, I think. Um, yeah, it,
1: do that. He's one of those guys that I, I keep trying to tell myself. It's uh, the old baseball HQ adage. Ron Chandler came up with it draft skills, not roles. Like, you have to, it's, 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 we've already seen it. It's taken one injury and all of a sudden now he might play every day until Springer's healthy again. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, if you think he's that good, draft him. Maybe things play out and he plays 140 games, 130 games. Like, if he does, if he plays 130 games, 25 to 30 home runs is kind of realistic. So it's just uh, you have to know that going into it, if things don't work out right, he's playing a hundred games and that's a tough guy to roster. So it, it, the talent levels there, they're just loaded.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's probably better than Vlad Jr. If we're being honest, I mean, 600 plate appearances to both of them. I mean, I probably take tell, tell us in that
1: <laughs> bold prediction. Number two, Um Aaron R. says, James Paxton is a top 25 starting pitcher for the 2021 season. Ooh, it's possible. I'm not going to disagree.
0: Skills th- possible. Volume. Yep, that's the problem. I don't know if I can get there. Because they're, they're doing the six-man it's, 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 rotation.
1: Like yeah, they're doing a six-man rotation, which I think benefits him tremendously. But Yeah, and
0: – and also, that he's on a one-year deal. You know, he's trying to maximize yeah. his value. The Mariners are going to try to maximize what they can get out of him. So maybe they're just like, you know, just throw. Just throw. Yeah,
1: yeah. we'll see. I, I hope he does well. I think he's a he's a good value in drafts
0: right now, I think, for where you're getting him. And um, it's, it's great to see him go back to Seattle, too. I feel mm-hmm. like that's home for him. I remember when I lived in Seattle, he was a pitcher there. And they love him there. They love Big Maple. And um, so it's, the it's big, nice the to big see Maple. that reunion. I think
1: that'll be He belongs in Seattle. So yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, Matt Wolf at Matt4Tennis says Alec Baum will have hit 300 plus with 110 plus RBIs and will lead all third basemans in RBIs. If he has 110 plus RBIs, I would say you're probably right about uh, leading the third baseman in RBI. It's bold because you're stealing RBIs from Hoskins and Harper. And like there's only so many to go around in that lineup. But um, we'll see.
0: Yeah, lot of really good OBP guys on in front of him. Um, I haven't look, looked at what they project the lineup to be there um, in in Philly, but yeah. So Boehm hitting fifth, you have Hoskins OBP guy, Harper OBP guy, JT Realmuto greatest player on earth, and you have Andrew McCutcheon, all really high OBP guys. So I think that's a really good shout. And we've seen we saw what he was able to do last year. And while I don't think it was fully supported, like. Some of the StatCat metric, StatCat stuff was really impressive. So he um, could definitely get there.
1: Yeah, it'll be quite interesting on that one. Uh, Cousin Timmy at left-handle handle, handle layup says, Robert hits 30-30 with a 260-plus average. I have to strongly disagree, but that's just because uh, it's, against, it's against my bold prediction.
0: <laughs> Baba does. I, can, I think it's totally within the realm of possibility. Again, I can my, see it. My major question with that is, is the, um, is the batting average. Right. Um, and I think for people who saw his hot start and then saw him be unsuccessful, there was a shoulder injury that happened within there for Robert. So if, if that's, if that's what that was that we saw the second half of last season, then certainly he could hit the ground running. Yeah,
1: I I could see it. He's super talented and I could definitely see it. I'm just kind of hoping against my prediction. Um, (laughs) all alminator at D Biscardi 78 says Domingo Herman goes 17 and six with a three, seven, five ERA one, one, eight whip and 185 strikeouts. That is bold. I think he's gonna be very good, but that is a, that's 23 starts, probably 27, 28 starts. Let's just say it's no decisions. And 185 Ks. That's a lot of strikeouts.
0: Yeah. I think the challenge for me with that one is the whip. Herman yeah. a little bit, um, and the and the ERA a little bit because the skills are there, but I think he's always been hit pretty hard. Yeah, a one five eight home runs per nine, then a one eight nine home run per nine. But again, the skills are there. Like the O swings great, swinging strike rate's great. The in zone contact is pretty good. But for whatever reason, he's one of these guys that just gives up really hard contact. And so I do think he could be very good, but I also think that it's hard to see him having a lower whip and ERA just because he should get, he should get, um, I think, unless he does something to change that, you know, yeah. which could happen for sure.
1: So. Very well could. Uh, Big friendly giant. What do you think of Otani's trade stock? Recent injury might make him cheap. No uh, it's meant to be a general question, but if you need settings, ten teams, five by five, quality starts, not wins, head to head, shallow benches, I'll just say flat out the injury is not serious. So yeah. I like they've already said like they said they needed the skin on the blister to fall off so it can callus because all these pitchers have calluses. His blister just kind of was a weird one, so they said it actually benefits him to have that happen. Um, I'm not concerned about it. What about
0: you? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest issue with Otani is in weekly leagues or semi-weekly leagues or leagues where you can only have him as a hitter or a pitcher. I think it's very, very incredibly challenging for him to be a beneficial part of your fantasy equation. And so, um, so with that being said, like, if it's, if it's a daily league, then I would go after him. If it's not a daily league, I would stay away from him because I think it, it'll be a massive headache. Um, You know, in a dynasty league though, I mean, one thing you can think about long-term is if there are any other health issues related to pitching, maybe he just gives that up. And I think he becomes an incredibly elite hitter um, at that point. Um, But for right now, it's hard. It's it's really hard to figure out long-term what his value is going to be because of things that are happening. So yeah, it could be a buying window, but you know, especially with what you'd have to give up to get Otani, or if you have him, maybe you can get something good. I, I would consider trading him.
1: Yeah, if you could do that was it. was a long go answer. No, it's wishy-washy. fine. Uh, Brian Jenner asks, "Who are the guys that are currently worth rostering but are, are in your watch list to monitor early on and could become top one hundred and fifty players?" Big question.
0: Um, um I think. Yeah. Did, did you want to?
1: No, I'm pulling up my watch list for a twelve team league real quick because it'll put my. Because uh, that's the one thing about the NFPC; it's nice. If you make a watch list, it just transfers over to all your teams. So hmm. I'm, I'm going to pull the 12 team up, so it'll show me everything for 12 and 15. I should probably use that feature. It's, um, I do it just because I get bored and I just go deep right now. It's helpful. Um, I think guys like Mikel Franco could be interesting. 150 might be pushing it. Um, but like if Rafael Dulles somehow takes over closing for Romano, he's in there. Same with Jose Alvarado, but you're pushing it with those two. Um, let me see. Is there anybody else that stands out? You can interrupt at any time. I'm just kind of scrolling through. names. I, I mean,
0: my general thing is I don't have anybody who's coming to the top of my mind just cause I'll, I'll have more of an idea in the next fab run, but I think yeah. a lot of it is positional stuff. So looking yeah. for process wise, looking for guys who may have a surprise role on the team. So maybe it's the batting order is different than we expected it to be. And so maybe you can project a guy for more plate appearances or, like a good example would be like um, Eli White and, and Laoti Tavares, right? Like mm-hmm. I think most people are probably expecting either a timeshare or Laoti to have the bulk of that just because he's a higher name prospect. But let's say Eli White ends up playing like, you know, next week he plays five out of six games or something like that. Well, then, you know, then there's a little bit of interest there just because of the speed that he, that he possesses, you know, or maybe he's hitting up higher in the lineup or something like that. So I think a lot of it is that or... Guys who come out of nowhere for closers. Like a good example is um, um, uh, the other Holland, uh, Derek Holland, you know, of the Tigers. He's been freaking lights out for the Tigers. Like absolutely lights out. And I don't think a lot of people have him as a closer candidate just because he seems more maybe long relief. And I'm including myself within this. But if you we were going by who's been best in that bullpen, I mean, he's been the best in that bullpen. He's also an older player. He's on a regular contract, you know, so there's some incentives there as well. So maybe you're like, you want to know something? Greg Holland could be a freaking lights out, or or Derek Holland could be a lights out closer. I mean, that'd be fantastic. In fact, I should probably I probably should have backed up my Gregory Soto spec, you know. <laughs> I think it's more like those types of roles yeah. that are shifting, more than like there's a guy out there who I'm really after because if you really were into that guy before the draft, then you would have taken him in the draft because you're drafting yep. some really bad players. In at
1: least. Yeah, no, that's, that's most of my watch list. Like Anoli only from Houston to get the role. Scott Barlow from Kansas city is on my list here. Um I have Cesar Valdez from Baltimore. Who's with Tanner Scott. Keona Kella is actually getting rumored to be a chance to sneak in behind Pagan, which is crazy uh kyle crick another guy with your holland take uh, crick's getting a lot of love in pittsburgh um just josh stalmont in kansas city if greg holland falters so i have a lot of those kind of guys uh, i mentioned rafael Dullis, jose Al- alvarado a lot of those kind of guys if i had to have one position player because i don't have a lot of position players on here i i really do believe in joey bottle this year i really do so and he's he's not going drafted so think about that one indian twelve so, teamers yeah definitely um, Edward J. Gillis asked breakout pitchers I targeted in a fourteen hundred dollar and ten thousand dollar auction this weekend in Vegas, uh, with Vlad, Modica, Lindy, King of Queens, and Casey Chaw. The best of the best was able he was able to get Tyon, Herman, Erod, Paxton, Tanner Scott, and both of them. Do you like any of those to break out?
0: Um, I mean, Erod is interesting as long as the health is is good. I mean, he's a guy who you've gotten a severe discount because of the health related issues he's both gone through and continues to have. Um, but if he pitches, I think he'll be, um, excellent. Not really in on Tyone, you know, the velo isn't necessarily there. The AL East is a little tough. He's always had problems with strikeouts, um, keeping up, but he could be a good whip, um, ERA guy, depending on where you get him. Um, Tanner Scott, you know, it's the Orioles closing gig. He still does have control issues, but he's got the wipeout slider. So he's worth a speculative ad. There was one other guy in there, I think.
1: Um, Domingo Herman, James Paxton. James- we covered yeah. Herman
0: and Paxton. I mean, Paxton yeah. would be the one that's most interesting to me, just because he is going higher up. Like I think he's around pick one eighty or one seventy at this point in time. You know, he's really pushed up with those good starts he'd had, he's had in spring training. But he's a guy where you know, like, if he pitches, then I think it's more likely than not that that he'll get you value at the end of the year. The problem is, is whether he's going to pitch or not. So, you know, all these guys, like they have skill upside and it's just a matter of whether they're going to be healthy and pitch, which I think is a really good way to look at sleepers because if they're not healthy, then you just move on. And if they are healthy, then you, then you uh, succeed as a result.
1: Yeah. You know, I I love Erod. I've preached it time and time again. They're saying like he threw a 35 pitch bullpen and things are fine. So, Hopefully it's more like I kind of wasn't surprised he had dead arm. He took a year off basically like it's going to take time. Like I was, I wasn't expecting him to make every start. I just wanted to make through the season. Like I, mm-hmm. I that's the realistic expectations. And we're getting drafted as like a hundred picks after where he was last year. So you're kind of baking that in. So when everyone was panicking, I was like, the dude took a year off cause he had a heart condition. Do you think his arm was going to be fresh? Like, <laughs> come on people. So I wasn't too concerned about it and knock on wood. Things are looking good right now. So we'll stay there. And then I like Tanner Scott to close, but it's Baltimore. So with you there on those situations, uh, Simon P, he says, Colton Wong goes 15-15 from the leadoff spot. I love it. I'm a, I'm a big Wong believer. I know you're not as big of a Wong believer, but he had an opposite field homer in, in Rangers Stadium today. So I was yeah. pretty pumped on that. Um, I, I, I love Wong. but
0: uh, I yeah. think that's a perfectly reasonable
1: outcome for this year, 15-15 from Wong, for sure. Uh, he has Tanner Re- Rainey nets 30 saves. That means he kind of
0: overtakes Brad Hand.
1: I would love to see it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Rainey's really struggled though, right? Like I haven't paid too spring. much attention
1: to the spring with him because I think he Han, was
0: injured and yeah, he's getting the
1: job done still. So it's like, <laughs> it's crazy.
0: I don't know if Daniel Hudson would be next in line there or I don't not on how he's pitched this spring, but um, certainly, I mean, Rainey was phenomenal last year. So if he can carry that over and, and hand struggles, like I think a lot of people think he will then sure
1: possible. And then he also has Freddie Peralta flames out by May 1st, hits the pin. He might flame out, but I still think he's he might or might not flame out. I still think he gets the pen because he's gonna go in and out of the starting rotation, I think. So that that wouldn't surprise <sighs> I me. I think
0: Peralta Peralta's really good.
1: So do I. I think he's very, very good.
0: I think he's I mean he's got skills that very few people have. And he the showed third, them the off last pitch, year.
1: The third pitch I mean, was huge. Yeah,
0: it's huge. And you know, I mean, he was nasty as hell year and obviously it's different as a starting pitcher but even when he was a starting pitcher he had his moments and the the weakness that everybody always mentioned was oh he only has the two pitches he only has the two pitches well he's got a third pitch now and it's pretty damn good pitch so um you know it's certainly a very distinct possibility don't get me wrong but I, I really like Freddy Peralta I, I wish I had him more but I just don't know if I can make that jump to where he's going ADP wise but maybe I should
1: yeah no I'd love to have some more too but People like him more than me, which is pretty funny. Uh, Doug Fraley Jr. says Logan Gilbert is up by late April and establishes himself quickly as the alpha of the pitching staff, top 25 starting pitcher on a per start basis. I'm going to go no because it's the Mariners, and I'd be shocked if he's up by late April. And plus, he's not going to be better than James Paxton if Paxton stays healthy. That's just my two, two guns there, but Gilbert's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always tough guys come up and sometimes they're really successful, but more often than not, they really struggle even kind of high pedigree prospects just to adjust. And they're also going to really monitor kind of his innings and how much he throws and, and especially high leverage situations. So, um, yeah, I mean, certainly possible. Um, but I wouldn't bet too much on him making a huge impact this year, but I'm also really bad. I'm like I'm not really good at the prospect stuff, so I'm probably not the best person to listen to.
1: It's tough to see because they they're not going to be probably competing. So why are they going to bring them up early? We saw what they did to Jared Klinik. Just remember that. So we'll see. Um, Chris at KOP Mechanic. This is a good one. Alejandro Kirk, who made the the Jays mm-hmm. roster, mm-hmm. finishes this year as a top five catcher. Man, that's, that's a strong statement there. I think it's very possible,
0: though. I mean, yeah, with his what he needs skills. is playing time, you know. And we we still don't know how they're going to use him, you know. I mean, he could DH, he could DH a couple times a week and cat and be the backup catcher. I mean, he is the backup yep. catcher there, right? So that means he's probably getting two to three games a week behind the dish. Maybe yep. he gets a yep. one or two five more. Games a week that'd be huge. Yeah, it's it could be massive. Yep. Um, and I'm got my Blue Jays hat on, and I only talk well about Blue Jays hitters, you know, when I've got this hat on. So, um, but no, I think Kirk's a great, a great, a great one to target. Yeah,
1: it, it just yeah, it comes down to the playing time and do the Jays like the defensive skills of Jansen or the offensive skills of Kirk. That'll be the difference. Mm-hmm. And I think I heard even Rob Silver, who's been banging the Kirk drum for a while now, I think he said it's something like they're talking fifty-fifty split right now. Which if you give him fifty-fifty and he starts hitting. He'll probably take Jansen over, so that's that's very interesting to pay attention to. Mm. Bob Kramutula. this is uh, definitely a trolling one. Francisco Lindor hits two twenty and signs for less than hundred million dollars. I'm gonna say no. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, I. Just, Cohen's approach on this has just been so bad, man. Like yeah, I don't know what he's trying to do. Like apply apply additional pressure on Lindor or make him. A they look like the he plays bad. Plays a single game with yeah. the Mets. Like
1: it's a bad move. I,
0: I didn't understand that tweet earlier today. What a what a what a disaster!
1: Yeah, bad, I, was bad, like, bad I was like
0: I was like I was like I was gonna yeah. like literally tweet just like L. O. L. on that tweet because it's just <laughs> such a. It's like here's a guy who's used to getting every single thing that he wants. Yep. You know, like that's that's who Steve Cohen is, and it's actually yep. fascinating. It's going to be interesting to see how his, like, you know, how people view him and how that shifts, right? Because he came over; he's a Mets fan. Everybody loves him. I'm going to spend a bunch of money, and he spent a bunch of money, no doubt. But he hasn't necessarily gotten the guys that that folks really wanted to get. And then if he doesn't shell out for Lindor, and Lindor goes somewhere else, yep. Whoo.
1: It's going to be interesting. To say the he least.
0: Signed McCann instead of JT Realmuto. I mean. Idiot,
1: oh, um, yeah, there's your Napoleon Dynamite drop of the day. Um, Art Little Cheesecake from Triple Play Fantasy fueled by a 350 Babbitt. This is a funny troll here fueled by a 350 Babbitt, Yolan Moncada hits 240. Art, not cool, yeah, you're not wrong,
0: cool. you're wrong.
1: Fueled by a 330 350 average, he has a 460 Babbitt. Is what you meant to say. Yeah, oh, I
0: like that one, I'm buying that bold prediction. <laughs>
1: And batting
0: cleanup for the Chicago White Sox. Yohan Mankata takes the world by storm as the first hitter to hit 400 since that would be awesome. That
1: would be sweet. Not I'd really, be aboard that it. one.
0: Uh, we have two more. Dream.
1: We have two more to go. Gavin Jameson says Adrian Morahone makes 20 plus starts and outperforms Joe Musgrove.
0: <laughs> oh, Joey. Joey, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be tough volume wise. Yep. And Musgrove generally has a good whip, yeah. You know, I'm That's- not, I, I don't have any of Joe Musgrove really this year just because the price is so high. Although projection systems like him a lot, There's hasn't been a lot of reports on his velo, um, but yeah, I mean, Morion's looked really good, yep. um, he's, he's looked very, really very good. good, so and with pitching. You know, especially when you're talking middle-tier pitchers. It
1: can go either way. Those
0: error bars are large. That range of Mm -hmm. outcomes is large, and there's certainly one that includes Morion being better than Musgrove.
1: Yeah, and would would we really be shocked if we saw Musgrove disappoint us yet again? No, unfortunately. Like, we all want him to do well, but we've seen this play out too many times. But maybe it changed. New place, new pitch mix. We'll see. Um, At Roto underscore champ nine says – no one pitches 200 innings this year. I think we get like Ooh. one or two, but that's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, I think probably Lance Lynn will get there. Yeah.
1: Um, the Lance Lynn, the Coles, the, the Groms. Cole, someone the Grom. in that top end is going to – at least one of them I think gets there. I think, I think they'll
0: get there. One of the things I think I heard on um, rates and Barrels, I think it was Eno was mentioning like what made more sense to him was that whatever they threw in 2019 – would be kind of the peak of what they might throw to this year as opposed to just like, we're going to tack on hundred innings or we're going to do this. Like maybe 2019 is, is a more reasonable uh, ceiling for the, the number of innings that that a pitcher could throw this year.
1: Yeah. The innings thing I'm not, I like, guess, paranoid as some people are because I remember what Jake Oterizzi said on rates and barrels during the, uh, the COVID break, I believe it was, he said, or he told people while they were on break, they were still throwing because he's all, I'm a professional. I've thrown X amount of innings for the last X amount of years. I know how to get my arm up. He's all in reality, a down season probably benefits me. It's not like I can't ramp back up quickly because mm. I've done it. It's the guys that have done it. It's the guys that have never done it before. Like he's like, mm. our arms have done it more than once. So I'm not concerned with it. It's the ones that haven't done it. And then it, it was, I don't know if it was him or someone else. Um, it might've been like Giolito or someone. He said even when the season was over, they were pitching at like high school parks or the practice facilities for like the next month, like simulated Mm. games to to get their innings up even more. So a a lot of teams, not all teams, but a lot of guys, like they knew what they had to do to get ready for next season. So it wasn't like they weren't just going off screw it. We threw 50 pitches, 50 innings. No, they were pros about it. So I'm not as paranoid. Like there's still going to be some problems. I get it. I'm not as paranoid as some people are on the subject. Hmm. okay we have one more question in the chat here tj alvey hey boys how are we feeling about Casey mize and tristan mckenzie i have zero shares of either one because there's so much volatility there
0: yeah i I i'm the same way i mean i think mckenzie looked really good last year obviously the fastball velocity faded and and you know the efficiency kind of faded a little bit with that but you know he's got the pedigree he's got the repertoire and he's with cleveland and we know what they've been able to do with young pitchers. So I like him a lot more. Mize has really just, you know, he just really hasn't shown consistency. You know, not that McKenzie has had an opportunity to really do that either, but Mize hasn't really shown the consistency. You know, he hasn't been good in spring training. He, he wasn't good last year. So we haven't really seen him be good where we've seen McKenzie be good. Um, I still am not uh, targeting either one of them for teams. Um, you know, and I think it's it's kind of a approach where you kind of wait and see. I would monitor the underlying skills to see if there are shifts there that portend something a little bit, you know, maybe better in the future. But um, you know, not willing to pay the price for uh, McKenzie in drafts and with Mize. I mean, I think he may be going undrafted in a lot of fifteen teamers. I, I can't remember. Maybe he's getting snagged towards the end, but yeah, he's, he's probably
1: starting to go towards the end great. right now. What's up? He's starting to get drafted towards the end because people are starting to see he's. Uh, yeah, because he's in the
0: rotation, right?
1: Yep, yep. And he's had a couple decent starts towards the end. He is. He just has so much. Like when he's off, it's ugly. Like really, like the walks are there. He gets hit hard. Like he's got great strikeout stuff, but it gets ugly quick. McKenzie, he's got good strikeout stuff too. It's just I don't know how much. Like like that's the guy you should be concerned about his innings. Mm-hmm. Like that's a guy. So where he's getting drafted, there's other guys around him. Where I'm like, no, I like the stability of, say, a Pablo Lopez or something like that instead of a Tristan McKenzie. So.
0: Yeah, and one thing, though, about this type of player, I think these are the guys where they're drafted late in draft. Not, not McKenzie, but just like my eyes I'll use as an example. They're drafted at late in drafts. So if they struggle early on, it's likely that they're going to get dropped. But pay attention not to the outcome, not to the result of what they're doing. But to the underlying skills, like if if if, if Mize, for instance, comes out and in his first start, he gives up five runs and four innings with six K's and he has a 13 percent swinging strike rate, let's say. And everybody's like, oh, Mize sucks. He's awful. <laughs> I'm kind of like that. 13% kick, 13% <laughs> strike rate, right? What, what happened with the batted balls? Take a look at each individual batted ball that he gave up. You know, how much deserved versus undeserved was it? What was his babbit? Like just those things that, like, you know, look at the skills, not, not the outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. Of what they're doing. And because those can end up being the guys that really hit is they show something early on about what they are able to do. And the outcomes don't reflect that. And so people move on. And then you then you pick them up for cheap on the on fab, and you just maybe let them sit that next start and you see if if things start to come together for them. Because it can do it quickly. That's what happened with Giolito, where you saw different skills early in the year, but people moved on because he got rocked. And what we but but if you looked at the skills in 2019, he was he was a different pitcher. So yeah. And there it's was a, a question about Daniel Vogelbach in there, and he did Daniel uh, no, Vogelbach that, that, love.
1: Yeah, he was doing some more bold predictions. He likes DJ Stewart. He wants to there's any Daniel Vogelbach lug, but that's that's a playing time thing right
0: there. I think it, yeah, and I think it's impossible with his defense, you know, and without the DH. Like, are they going to sit Hira for Vogelbach? I don't think so. Doesn't make sense at all, right? So where does he get in? Maybe. Kira moves over to second for Wong, but then Wong isn't playing, you know? So he's not a part of their best lineup. And certainly injuries could happen and he could get a run out there, but he's so bad defensively. And they also like Travis Shaw. Shaw, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Could move in there. So I think he's just like left-handed pinch hitter off the bench right now. That's like his role.
1: He's he's a younger Matt Stairs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, There you go.
1: Yeah, Again, it's almost like I think they want to hold on to him for the DH next year like let's just let's keep them cheap because we know we, if we could play them 130 games at dh we're gonna love it so it's just let's hold them so no one else gets this treat <laughs> i think it's all it is that's, that's all i can think of at least it makes no sense otherwise um but i thought tj had another question but he might not so i think we're good there i think that'll wrap it up toby so all right final thoughts you got two more drafts i'm finishing one season starts thursday it's it's been a fun it's been long but it's been fun
0: Yeah. It's been a a really fun off season. Thanks everybody for sticking with us. I mean, we do this all year round and we hope you get some value from the podcast that we did all the way back and kind of looking at what we missed or what we got right last year. And then also the, the, the preview pods that we did initially and then the preview review pods that we did as well. Really hope you got some value in that. That was helpful throughout the draft and thanks for everybody who listens and and engages on Twitter and, and asks us questions. Like we love fantasy baseball. We love talking about it. And and so just really, um, super appreciative of that, um, uh, of, of all of you. So thank you for listening and yeah, to um, you, Baba, for hosting this and listening to me ramble every <laughs> weekly basis through having a new kid and like everything you've managed to have the patience to do that. So I appreciate it.
1: It's all good. It's always a pleasure. I look forward to our weekly chats. Uh, it's always a good time. Next time we'll get to well, next year we'll get to see each other in person, hopefully for a draft, which will be good. Maybe first pitch Arizona. Uh, get to hang out a little more. Maybe we'll do a live podcast in Arizona. Let's shoot for that goal. Let's have a goal. Ooh, we'll a, do a live podcast, podcast in Arizona. That Let's could like be shoot nasty. For that. that could yeah. be nasty. Yeah, but we'll make sure it's me and you and no Mason or anything like that because that just you know, <laughs> could be. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The more the merrier. Like we like we did tonight. It was kind of fun. But uh, yeah, everybody, thanks for listening. We really appreciate. It. It's been a fun off season. Um, it's why we do it. So hopefully everybody does well, and we're gonna keep it going through the season. So keep your questions coming. Or we'll we'll, uh, we'll do talk. Toby's a great fab guy. So we'll actually do stuff like that and much much more. But again, Toby on Twitter at batflipcrazy. I'm on Twitter at bdentric. Rate and review the podcast, Pat to- uh, Flip Crazy podcast, and the Bench with Bubba podcast. Until next time. Catch you guys later.
0: That is going to wrap us up for episode 173 of the Batfoot Crazy podcast. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Hope those bold predictions, both ours and those of our listeners, uh, was helpful um, to hear and to hear our reaction to. Um, but yeah, we are we are here. The season is starting next week. We'll be covering some fab. We'll be talking about some news. Uh, we'll be in in season mode. So really looking forward. Uh, to, to starting to see some of these games and seeing how these predictions and how all of our planning and draft prep, whether, whether we, uh, we did a decent job with that. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, best of luck with all of the, your remaining drafts. Uh, good luck this first week of the season. Take care and be kind to one another.